Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, well, and now we, uh, I put the baby back to bed, or in this case, the uh, five-year-old, and now we've actually called in reinforcements. We realized that this was such a major conversation that we couldn't handle it without the full strength of the team here. Voltron had to form. So we got <laughs> Dave Martin on the Turned Out of Punk phone, and he is here right now. Dave, thank you for joining this podcast. Uh, glad to be here. Already in session, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as we've as we've kind of explained to you, we've uh, we hit a major a major point of I don't know um, realization I guess that the purpose for this podcast is to build the Punk Rock Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, it will be voted on by other people. We're not just going to decide it ourselves, but we were just having this conversation of what what said Hall of Fame might look like. Not physically, obviously, because I've already... It'd be a dump, yeah. I've already drawn up the plans. It looks <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but, uh, but no, like what it would look like as far as like who would be in there, what would be the criteria about getting in there. Because I was saying, like in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, like Hulk Hogan was one of the first names put in there. No one thinks Hulk Hogan's the best wrestler, but he had to be in there, right? So I would make the same concession for like The Clash, you know, they have to be in there. Um, you know, I'm not saying they're my favorite band, but they just, you know, they're one of those bands that has to be in there. And then there's like a bunch of other bands that have to be in there. But what the debate is like, who goes in before who, you know? And then we were saying that like the criteria should be like, obviously music is in there, but you know, assuming music is pretty much a baseline for all these bands, like they're all equally kind of good in relative like spectrums, you know? But, like, is it, like, their, what they did for the culture, what they did for the genre, the impact they had today, you know, the impact they had at the time they were around? You know, and then we were talking about how they'd have to have countries. You'd have to have zones, you know, because you couldn't, like, you know, obviously everyone's in the same Hall of Fame, but, like, just as far as breaking it up for voting, like, you'd have to have focuses on bands from, like, you know, South America, you have to have focus on bands from Japan, Scandinavia, Europe, the rest of Europe, I mean, the UK. You know, like there would be, you'd have to break it down. So, well, first of all, the, Iceland has a punk museum or something really? like that, right? And that's what it, someone just went there and they told me. I think you're confusing it with the penis museum. No. <laughs> Iceland definitely does have a penis museum. Yeah. I did go to that. And I, then, I mean, it could all be in the same building. I don't know. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. But I did run down the street while Lauren and uh, was still at the Penis Museum because I'm like, oh, I have to get to take Dorian to fall asleep in this stroller and ran to the punk rock record store down the street and got some sick Icelandic records there. But it wasn't a museum then. But maybe the museum's <laughs> open since then. Yeah. 
but like, how thorough how thorough is this punk museum like what are you talking it's like is it like elaborate like who who visited there like what was where did you um somebody i used to work with visited it uh and um i i don't know i mean it didn't necessarily seem that uh that uh comprehensive yeah yeah because like well, we all know the most of the exhibits for that museum are at brian ray turcott's house because <laughs> yeah. that dude's collection is fucking ridiculous well at first he said it i thought well is it a museum for like dedicated to icelandic punk like, i think so be... yes oh, okay. yes okay yeah because i'm like yeah. that's that would be you know interesting of course but like I, I don't know how extensive that is. I don't know much about Icelandic punk. Damien, oh, I'll defer. Buckle up, Chris. It's uh, the, the, <laughs> the there's a Rock and Reykjavik uh, Reykjavik uh, documentary, and it's okay, a double yeah, OP, yeah. Um, and that's a pretty good jumping off point. Like that has Bjork's first band, Pre Sugar Cubes. Uh, they had a Which huge. Which one is the I or whatever it is? I think it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm not. I'm, I got to look at the comp. I have it over there. Yeah, um, yeah. but. It's amazing. Like, when you think about what the population of that country is, punk was probably bigger there than it was anywhere in terms of, like, like how many people were in bands. Yeah, per capita. Per yeah. capita. Because it's insane how many bands put out punk records there. Like, micro-pressings. Like, like 300. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been told it's, like, some of the top end of stuff that w- what was pressed. But, like, there, there's, like unbelievable bands from there and it goes right the way up i even got like this weird novelty record record um from there like that wasn't even on discogs for the longest time now it is it's just by like some comedian and it's a song making fun of punk it's like stop punk is the name of the song and it's fucking killer it's insane (laughs) how good that song is for a song dissing the genre they've got to have written one of the you know top 500 songs in the genre (laughs) That would be a real hard list to make. Even yeah. you, you know, even, even Pusshead couldn't do that. No, Pusshead could not do the top 500 punk songs ever. Uh, but we we don't distract us, Dave. We're building this Hall of Fame first, then we'll work on the 500 mm-hmm. song list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're gonna get to all of this. Yeah, we're gonna get to all of this, but uh, real quick. Yeah, <laughs> I think, I think, uh, I think. You know, the inaugural class of the Hall of Fame would probably be pretty obvious. But, like, the thing is, there'd be some controversies, right? Like, there'd be some bands that people think should go in right away that other people are like, no, fuck that band because of this or because of that. I'm just trying to think of how we would do the voting. That's the difficult part to implement. Uh, Listeners. Like, listeners, you do a ballot and you say who's on the ballot each year. You know, and then if someone doesn't get enough votes after a certain amount of time, they get kicked off the ballot, like baseball or like yeah, the Wrestling yeah. Observer Hall of Fame, which is definitely the one that I <laughs> am more familiar with. You know, the one everyone's familiar with, right, Dan? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've yeah. all looked it up. Listen, dudes, I'll tell you one thing. They probably know more about the Wrestling Hall of Fame in some of the places I was this summer than they do about the Punk Rock Hall of Fame. <laughs> so... At which point, so I guess what the first action here is what? Do we, you want to decide what the inaugural inductees should be, like, voted on? Like, what are we going to pick, like, like I don't know, 50 bands or something and try to whittle it down? Or well, We could probably just, like, come up with, like, a bunch of people that are in that Hall of Fame right off the bat. 
you know? And they just get, they're just in right away. No, they're just in. They're just in. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be stupid to, like, you know, like, oh, gosh, you know, do you think Darby's going to make it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Germs would definitely be one of the ones that goes in first, I think. Of uh, course. But, but like, then there were some bands, like, I was like, oh, you know what? Like, for instance, if you gave, uh, you know, older punks in Austin a vote. I don't think the bad brains make it in until, you know, way later. Here's the thing. Like I would say like, this will be a crazy naysay as someone who has a germs tattoo, but like the, did the germs even play like outside of their region of California? Let like how much of like a, a mark on the world did the germs make at the time? I would say at the time, pretty big, you know, for, for in terms of bands of their size or their, their sort of stature. Like, did they but, even play the Bay? I don't think so. I mean, that's the thing that seems crazy. I mean, they're in decline, so that gives them, like, a leg up. But, like, no one's going to say that, like, uh, like, Catholic discipline would go anywhere, even though they're in decline. No, but, it, but like, it's arguable. The like, Bad we, Brains, go on. The, at least, you know, did, you know arguably put out like the first hardcore record or, you know, like, so you have to, even if they are, you know, ripped off the big boys in a drug deal and were homophobic, um, you know, like they're, you know, they're not, uh, you can't deny what they did. No, I'm not, I'm not saying I would, I'm saying, but there would be people that might, you know? Yeah. But then, I mean, then you have stuff like, you know, what about like the pagans? Are you going to like, Split hairs about six and change being homophobic. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying I wouldn't vote the bad brains in. I think the bad brains obviously have to be in first round. They, you know, they put out the first hardcore record. Like, you know, like they, 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 you know, changed New York. Like in a, in they changed everything. Like everywhere they went, they changed. Uh, yeah. But I'm just saying, like certain people, like it comes down to like personal, personal opinion in on the voting, right? So you never know how the voting's going to go necessarily. Yeah, but these are first ballots that we're just putting in. Yeah, I'm saying we should put the bad brains in first, too. I agree. <laughs> I would say the bad brains have to go in. Yeah, but I, I would almost argue that the germs wouldn't be like a like a grandfather. But maybe you do it like you have to do it like how long. Maybe your band has to be broken up for a certain amount of time or, you know, like has to be un, you know, unactive for a certain period or like it has to be a certain number of years since your first record came out. Does that mean you wouldn't allow gauze? Because they're still an active band. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe it's not. Maybe not if the band's still active. Because then, let's be honest. Like, no band breaks up anymore. So, like, correct. No band could. The germ. The germs are actually doing pretty good. The germs. I think now the Stooges (laughs) are finally, you know, not going to tour ever again. Uh, So they could be in there. MC Five. But yeah, like, there's you know Velvet Underground. There's a couple bands you could put in there right away. But like, (laughs) most part, bands don't break up anymore. Uh, yeah. So, but like, it, maybe it has to be a certain. Because I'm just thinking, like, you know, we could just talk right now and put everyone in the Hall of Fame ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we have to make a note of this. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back. Uh, I think minutes. I think that's your your role is part stenographer, right, Chris? Yeah. Well, yeah, I will. Yeah, I'll right. take minutes after if we want to do it. Sure. <laughs> I, I think uh, Here's, to Dave to David Up's point, though, real quick. Yeah. Sorry to interject here. I do I do kind of get what Dave is saying. 
my to piggyback on that, not that I'm bagging on the germs. I think the germs are wonderful, so I, I would want them in. But what I would argue, like, on this whole idea of like who gets in and when and why, you know, all that. Does a band like X get in before a band like the Germs? Because like, which one had more uh, of a cultural impact? And I would argue the Germs did, even though, like, quote unquote, career-wise, they didn't, and maybe they they certainly didn't play as much. And their, you know, X still exists, or however you want to say it. Yeah. So this is the that's the thing where you know, like, where you you split hairs over the, these kind of ideas, like. Obviously, like, I don't know, maybe, you know, whatever Danger House band you want to name, in addition, doesn't get in before the Germs, but does a band like X, does, like, uh, do the Screamers, even though the Screamers, no, no. you know, had a pretty limited, uh, you know, whatever, no records, however you want to say it. Um, See, Screamers yeah. would be a good, a good band to to vote on, you know, because, like, that's the thing, is there's no official document that they put out there. There's, like, obviously those, like... You know, bootleg recordings that I think would deserve warrant them getting in there. See, to me, they're automatically in. I mean, I'm with Dave on this. Influential on so many levels. Even, I mean, think, you know, just, you know, just the Gary Penner image and everything. It's, 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 it's in. And that's They're, why I think the germs get in too on that basis. Yeah. Because so the, here's here's the question though: are 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 you just given unlimited tickets to vote, or do you get your like yeah, five votes you your a five. year? And you're gonna if you're gonna get five, are you gonna use a band that didn't record anything yeah. as one of your five? That seems like a crazy a bad vote. Yeah, that's true. This is the uh, this is the the quagmire of the punk rock hall of fame as we've now. Yeah, um, I but, mean, I would I would put X and I would put. The Avengers, and I would put the, the fear as yeah. far as Cal, just doing California, and not even doing regions of California, you know, like, and then you have to, you know, the Circle Jerks, like you have, you can name five from California before you get to the Screamers, I think, pretty easily. Yeah, but that's why you have to start with a base of people that are just in. I, but I think that's the thing is like you, you got to start with some, but then you, it's also like a Hall of Fame. You know, so that's like you got to have. Then it's like voting, and that's where that's where the challenge comes in. Like every year, like there's. But it's just not that want. exciting to like, you know, and and then you just get into like stupid shit that plagues like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, where it's just like, you know, you have these people like just bullshit. Yeah, but we're um, you know, music. That's the difference. Well, right, <laughs> but still, you know. We're into good music, but then there are shades of who are you opening this voting to? And, like, what if they don't vote the Screamers in? And then I have to fucking hate them. Yeah, but that's, that's, (laughs) you know, there's also, there has to be elements of that. Like, you you can't, because then we could just be like, well, everyone's in. No, it has to be, like, there has to be elements of of antagonism to this whole thing. (laughs) So you're not voting for the Screamers? I'm I'm voting for the screamers. I just don't know if I'm voting for them. I'm with David up on this one. Like I don't know if I'm going to vote for it before I vote for the other five LA bands. You know, I I just I think I'm not trying to take away from screamers, but I, I would I would I don't know if they they would be an Andre the Giant, so to speak. Yeah, that's what that, I'm kind of with you on that one. I agree. Like I think the Germs, I think, have had a lasting impact. Like that. Like, you know, they, they made a, they made a fucking movie about them, you know, like it's, yeah, yeah. 
it's like they've they've you know like you that symbol's known around the world and i think the screamers are definitely known around the world but i think that logo's more famous than they are and i don't think oh, sure. necessarily know that logo is them but that's not their fault so no you know i, I think, think and, just, you know and i don't want to take anything away from gary panter either i mean mm-hmm. yeah it's, you know, I met him one time, and he was like the nicest dude. Yeah, he's he's like a real person. Very, very, he's super nice. Yeah, like I yeah. was, I was like, hey, I went up to him at a, like a comic book signing that they had um, at the, at TCAF in the very, very early years of the Toronto Comic Book Arts Festival, uh, and he went up to him, and I was like, hey, I play in this band. I gave him a copy of some Seven Inches, and he's like, oh yeah, and I'm like, would you do art for our album? He's like, sure, get in touch, and then I just never did. Um, it's not too late. <laughs> that was going to be for Hidden World. Wow, <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah, uh, but he was really nice, really, really nice. I got him to sign a book and everything. Um, you know, and it's uh, you know, so nothing can't take away anything from his logo. Or yeah. Well, I think it's it's that it just presents an interesting dilemma, which is that you know, arguably the screamers have had massive influence, but because of I don't know other metrics that don't weigh up the same way they would for like a black flag or a germs or whatever band you want to use, then yeah, what is their consideration? And you know, how do you weigh that versus another group? Because I I'm with, I, it's weird. Cause I would say like, perhaps I, I was going to say maybe their influence is greater than one of these other, but no, it's not. But well, I, I, I mean, if you want to get into some weird formulas or whatever, the fact that they never had an album and yet there's they ended up being so influential has uh, got to, you know, got to have some I mean, sort of weird, you know, mathematical formula there. Yeah, I mean, think look at a band like Hellhammer and how influential they influential they were to like extreme metal and they never played a show ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, like. I I can make these lines in the sand and then prove them wrong myself. You know, like <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm right. You know, I'm just yeah. saying like, ah, I mean, food yes. for thought, yeah. for the voters. Yeah, like it's 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 that's why I think this is fun because there's like a bunch of bands <laughs> that you're gonna be like, ah, oh, fuck, but do they go in? And then you're gonna have like, I'm like, you know, no, they won't go in. And you're like, but I have to put them in, and then. If I'm putting them in, I gotta put them in, you know, like yeah, it could get real exciting, you know? And then there's also like <coughs> regionalism that would play into it. You know, like who like certain bands, like like there are bands from Toronto that I will say should go in first round, but I'm sure anyone from outside this area would be like, Are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean that it just you know, and then it be, the other quandary is like how what kind of regions are we making? Yeah. One also, I you think all, I think region that region thing is just to like break it up. But I think ultimately you're voting, you're voting just five people in. Like that's just to break it up, and, and so you can talk about, you know, like people's importance to their area when you're like writing up bios for it, or, or you know, breaking down how the list will look. But I think ultimately mm-hmm. you just get your five votes from around the world. Okay. That, but therefore, that, you're talking so that it'll be by country now. You're saying, or no? It's not by country. Be... You just get five votes in total. But then you just like well, I get that. But what I mean is, the five votes of consideration are broken up by country, like five per country, or you're talking just five period. I'm just talking about five period, and you just can okay. see the other ones. 
Gotcha. Well, yeah, that. So you're just doing like Bad Brains, The Clash, The Germs, Wretched, and you know, <laughs> DOA. I don't know. I think I think like I think I'd probably want to put in a band from from somewhere else. You know, like I'd want to put in a band like oh, I think Gauze would probably go in uh, first for me, and I think there'd probably be bands from like there's got to be there's bands from South America like shit was so real down there for all these fucking bands, you know? And then like, and the stuff they were doing, like actually mattered. Like, so I'd, I'd want to put in a band from, you know, Peru or, or Brazil, or there's just, you know, so many vital bands down there that, that had huge impacts, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. Like, I, like that's, that's why it'd be hard. That's why, that's why it's, it's not, it's not the hall of easy. It's the hall of fucking fame. <laughs> Yeah. I think the difficulty is going to be, though, the overwhelming, uh, you know, amount of groups from the United States or, you know, Britain or Europe that will kind of be like shoe-ins. Well, that's where so shame it, comes it, in, Chris. You got to shame <laughs> people for their biases. And then... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but bias or not, so like, again, I think David Up brought it up last, like, Discharge has got to go in first mm-hmm. round. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, so just like, you know, it's just kind of a no brainer. You know, are you going to take, I don't know. It's just, it's ones that, of course, part of it is because of, you know, the time, the place of, of like the way these bands got exposed, some of them. Uh, but, you know, also, you know, discharge is discharge. It's kind of, yeah. same with like, you know, whatever, Gauze. Like, like you got to put in at least one of the Japanese giants that would have to go in. Yeah, because yeah. cultural impact, as far as punk is concerned, I mean that is like if anything in, in the mo- the last two decades, I would say Japanese influence on what is contemporarily going on in punk at present like is is huge. I would say even bigger than I don't know most like you know maybe not like classic New York hardcore or something, but you know what I mean. But then there's like stuff that Who happened. That? Like I would say Crisis wouldn't have been a Hall of Fame band. No, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, but now because of the influence they've had, you kind of got to put them in the Hall of Fame. Well, perfect discography, but uh, the problem there is it's a screamer scenario where it's like, okay, you know, <laughs> it should be. Well, they've recorded, mind you, but yeah. like, it should be. You know, sonically, it speaks for itself. Whatever, but you know, there's whatever you want to attach to it. So there's that issue, and then there's you know, impact-wise, like, again, is that, you know, would they be considered over-discharge? No, not for me anyway. Uh, uh, or, you know, whatever, all the other big hitters that you could think of, like, you know, your your Clash, your Sex Pistols, your whatever. Yeah, but um, I think, like, as far as, like, second-tier bands, their influence now is is huge. Like, the way people... I agree, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. No no debate. I mean, I'm... I'm uh, you know, well, we're. I would assume most people in the, here in this conversation are fans, but yeah, I, it's that's a band that makes it tough. I'm with. I'm with you there. Because for me, like, if I'm just going sonically, uh, you know, they're far above uh, many of the the bands people tend to talk about more, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I, I, I think sonically they're a band that I really, you know, have enjoyed listening to for a long time. And, uh, you know, like, I think their influence now, like, they've definitely had a huge influence on stuff. This is like a conversation that will not go away, I promise you. No. Yeah. I don't think we're going to resolve it tonight. <laughs> Make it no. go away, Damon. Not, <laughs> Make it go away. I'm not going to ever ditch this. No, this isn't going to be like the comp list or any of the other lists that we've forgotten about on this show. This will be something that will come up constantly. Until eventually we decide to actually build a physical Hall of Fame with our bare hands. If we if we talk about uh, recent episodes of the show, yeah, I would bring I would bring the compilation conversation back up again because of Peace Comp being my introduction to Articles of Faith. Nice. Yeah, that's that's a great comp. Good comp, yeah. Uh, also, because of recent episodes, I put in Octon Chicago. Sure, I, why not? It's a crazy call. Like, look at that track listing. I would, I would say for diversity of bands, that reflects how important that time in Chicago was. Yeah, I haven't, li- I haven't heard that comp in a long time, but I, I had it for sure. Uh, maybe I, I'm thinking I'll, of Volume I'll, Two though. There's like, there's. <laughs> I'll, pull, I'll pull it up again. I'm looking we'll it up look too. It. Let's go to the resource. Look, pulling up comps on Discog is so annoying, though. I know. It, it really is. I know. There's a couple things with that interface that they need to. They need to, you know. What label is it on? Is there an easier way for me to find this? Uh, I'm trying to. Th- I think uh, yeah, Aktung is. It's A C H T U N G, and it was on Underdog Records, an amazing label, an amazing label. How many bands do you think there were <laughs> called The Watchmen? Because there's a band on this comp called The Watchmen. Yeah, uh, and a Canadian band, of course. And the so I had the one with the Vindictives and Cap and Jazz and the Smoking Popes. Okay, yeah, that's that's a, that's a good Los one. Los Crudos, obviously. This first one's got Billingsgate and Screeching Weasel on it. So that's like two of the best pop punk bands ever in embryonic <laughs> stages hanging out. Well, well only, what, only one, one member from Billingsgate. Two- well, went on. So you're to, talking first, first comp, not second. I'm talking about first. Yeah, comp. that's the first one, the Bank 1991. Gear. I didn't, ha- I didn't have that one. That Bank Gear is incredible, incredible. Um, but Volume Two is also amazing. You know, those are great comps. Um, back to the comp conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Departure bands, comps, now punk rock hall of fame. Uh, what is next? Is is what we need to figure out. Uh yeah, yeah we gotta. Uh, well, like, should we talk about some episodes? Sure. Yeah, whatever. Whoever wants to roll, go. Okay. Are we trying? To, are we going in any particular order? No. Or I, are I, we? Uh, this is almost like a, a like a a reboot episode. You know, we're just gonna start fresh with footnotes because we're never gonna. Because if, if we're if. If we're going to bounce around, I've got one. But if we're going to try to stick on uh, Mr. Bondi, then I can try to think of something else. No, well, I, let's bounce around. Unless you've got something on on Thick Bondi that you want to go right now to uh, No, I, I want to kind of just, just – I want to uh, – yeah, Dave Martin, do you have something? I'm sure you do. Uh, I think there was something in one of those emails, but I can't remember it. There was. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to call it the email now. Yeah. I'm not near the emails this week, so okay. this is all on you guys. Okay, well, I don't have the emails in front of me. We're yeah, I mean, I could, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let me look it up. Uh, 
Okay, go on to what you were talking about in the meantime, Dave. You know. uh, I, I was listening to the, uh, the the Matt Cross episode. Yeah. And uh, something that really hit me as very, you know, just, well, I have a couple tangents off this one. But uh, the idea of running into integrity and then being like, oh, you want to sing a Misfit cover? And then that song being hybrid moments, is that's a real tough one to just be like, oh, yeah, I know all the words to that Misfit song. Really? And uh, <laughs> I mean, I think it's like a, it's not like a total gimme. Like, I don't think that's a standard Misfit song per se. I would say it is. It's on Collection, right? It's on, isn't it on Collection 1? I mean, I know the song, but I, I, I think I'd be hard pressed to like just know all the lyrics. Like, I think it's, it's not like, hey, you want to sing Bullet? Hey, do you want to sing, you know, Halloween or something? Like, I think it's a, a weirder one. You know, Integrity also covers that on record. I also was thinking about how there's no way that's good. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> as like an integrity, actually, I, I'm not going to say any critique of integrity ever again on this show. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not saying that. that integrity aren't good at what they no, do. No, they're incredible at what yeah. they do. They, they're one of my favorite bands ever. And I will say that's not one of their shining moments. And I'm not trying to say anything bad about integrity, but I, I mean, I wouldn't say that I would do a convincing cover of it either. So I'm, I'm not saying something that, you know, I, I'm not saying I would do a better job, but have, have you guys I'm seen curious to, to hear their version of it. Have you guys seen that song? Uh, or sorry, have you guys seen that movie Moana? No. no. That, no. that is like an animated, I think it was Pixar did it, the rocks in it yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, the main song from that, I would pay thousands of dollars to get integrity to do a cover of. Just to hear Dwid <laughs> singing it, because I think it would be amazing. Like, that's something I would want to hear. I don't necessarily want to hear Dwid do hybrid moments, which is, believe me, it's good, though. His vocal on that's killer. But I do want to hear him do the main song for Moana so fucking badly. What do they do it on? Because I'll go back and listen to that. I think it's on, on, uh, what was that? What was the Integrity record that was, like, not going to be Integrity, but then they changed the name back to Integrity for it? It was, was like, like, uh, To Die For, I believe. Oh, no, no, the, uh... Closer, maybe closer. or closure, closure, closure. There we go. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I remember it's. Uh, I have it on the on uh, the one. All right, yeah, it's on there. All right, I'll I'll, I'll give that a listen post show. It's um, yeah. David but, Up is just more bummed that they didn't cover the more obvious brain eaters, which clearly is superior to all. Those yeah, <laughs> I, I, when I was thinking about this this tangent off air, I was like, should I really try to like lay it in thick to explain who this band is to Chris? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, like, I mean, well to, to to someone who knows about the Misfits, I feel like I just feel like it's an a, atypical Misfits song. That's one of my favorite Misfits songs too. So that's like uh, that's why I'm I'm going so hard for it. I think. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad song, but it's just it's just like, hey man, take the mic. Theme for Jackal, go. I just think it would be it'd be weird. Yeah, no, that would definitely. I would not know that, but I could definitely. I could totally fake uh, hybrid moments, like right now. Well, I mean, both of them involve (laughs) involve some element of real singing. Oh yeah, which yeah, you know that's that's the first thing, the first hurdle. (laughs) (laughs) Does, Does Dwid go for it though? Yeah, yeah, it's it's like it's like a hundred percent. If that record's a very weird record, like it's not, it doesn't sound yeah. like an integrity record. I can't remember what they were supposed to be called. They like it was a pivot. They were going to be yeah. called 
uh, I'm trying to think what the band was name was. It was a, a strange name. It was, um, because it was post Integrity 2000 as well. Yeah, it was post Integrity 2000. It's 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 like, well, they, that Project Regenera- Regenesis thing. Yeah, it was after between, that. Um, was that even as Integrity? Oh, that was Integrity 2000, right? <clears throat> yeah, that was. But this one was ah, oh, dude. I can see, have you like, seen the track listing for the Project Regenesis? <laughs> For which what? Like hybrid moments is is the most pedestrian cover that they did. They do <laughs> they do a Slayer cover. They do Hot Stuff by Donna Summer and Bad they Girls do, by Donna Summer. Yeah, and Dancing with Myself by Billy Idol and Cars by Gary Newman. Wait, what oh. is this? Integrity two thousand. <laughs> which one? It uh, well, it's the one just in Tag two thousand. Tag two thousand. That's. I, you know, I'm obviously never heard this, and <laughs> I think I think the only sensible thing is to keep it that way. Uh, I'm just I really cannot remember what that that uh, they were. I'm trying to. It's going to bother me now that I can't think of what the band name was supposed to be that that closure record was going to come out under, and then they just made it integrity. Oh. I can see the press like clippings and stuff in my head from that like whatever year that came out, but it's yeah, it's not happening. Oh when I try to think about integrity, you got to hear hot stuff. stuff. You got to hear the cover of hot stuff. When I try to think about that, I think about the the anal cunt version of staying alive. Like it, it can't sound like anything other than that. But it, it's which it, it's, maybe that's not a reference everyone picks up either. But that's, no. that's where my brain goes. My AC collection is a little small. In my, I gotta admit, I don't have that yeah. many. I think I have one forty-five. Yeah, <laughs> but and probably just the Blarg comp to go for important comps again. Yo, are they on that? Probably yeah, right. Probably, I think the first seven one, minutes definitely. of nausea. Yeah, the, the, there's like some killer songs on that. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's got uh, Citizens Arrest and uh, Ass Suck. Ringworm, isn't Ringworm on it? On Blarg? I think so. No? Maybe I mean, I, once me. again, I don't know that I want to pull that comp up on Discord because it's <laughs> really annoying to go through. Uh, but, oh, man. That, uh, no, uh, where were we? <laughs> I, got, I can't <laughs> believe know. I got to find the CD. I got to buy the CD. Which the integrity one? The Integ two thousand CD, yeah. Oh, that one. No, no. Okay, because I, I have the other one on CD. Still. I have I have closure on vinyl. Oh, I got, I got I love integrity. I got a lot of integrity. Records. I know you do. I, I mean, just, I didn't even know what came out on vinyl. I thought. It how was can I ask that question CD. when there's six anal cunt songs on this compilation? <laughs> <laughs> six classics. Uh, I'm not. I'm not seeing ringworm. On volume right. two? I'm on volume one. Okay, I'm going to go to compilations. <laughs> it's easier to just go through Slap the Hems. Uh, yeah, they're on, they're on Son of Blark. Consumed. What's, yeah. Dude, they, they have go. great tasting covers. <laughs> they, have you ever heard their cover of I Just Want Some Skank? Ringworm? Integrity? Ringworm. Or Ringworm. I have not heard that. I have not. It's awesome. It's it's like it's it's killer. And then they start going into Beverly Hills at the end. Mm-hmm. As like, you do. But I know, but they but that. then they fade out, right? So it's like actually maybe they do both songs on there. I'm trying to remember. 
Um, but yeah, that's a killer. Yo, do you know there's a Blarg CD? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's important. <laughs> just just go, to a Blarg, go to the Blarg, Blarg uh, CD track listing and then just spend a minute, like a literal minute, scrolling through the track listing. <laughs> I think that's the sound bite of the year. <laughs> Dude, do you know there's a Blarg CD? <clears throat> oh, they're, they're so like... Man, if you were in a band during this and you didn't get asked to be on this comp, that was a diss. Yeah, there's 15 versions of the Blarg comp. Oh, it's because like, people now keep track of like every color of vinyl for... Actually, has Slapham come back in Super Collectible? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. I was going to say, like, people keep track of all the pressings of, like, Rev now and, like, every micro variation. Yeah, that's how Henry Rollins works, though. <laughs> yeah. I listened to an interview with him where he talked about how he, like, just tracks on, like, Matrix numbers. And the records he collects will have, like, a whole row of that one record. That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. He, uh... He would be someone that I imagine, like, if you went over to his house to look at his records, it wouldn't be like a fun, like, just can't go through my shit, guys, kind of experience. <laughs> yeah, you need some, you probably have to, like, put on some gloves. Gloves. Yep. Yeah. It'd be like a wall where you put your, just your hands, like, when you're dealing with radioactive material, just, like, into rubber gloves <laughs> through yeah. this protective wall. Yeah, definitely not a place you're going to go, like, eating Cheetos, you know, like, <laughs> a pre- a balancing a precarious drink. Yeah. I remember I went with a, a person I was uh, dating a long time ago to this dude's house uh, who had, like, ridiculous records. Like, just, like, like I look back on it now, and I'm like, that one of, might have been one of the craziest punk collections I've ever seen. And it was, like, totally organic. He was a guy who was around back then, and this is just the shit he bought, right? But he had, like... Misfit stuff, like uh, the Chief stuff, like all this LA stuff, all this Vancouver stuff, like crazy British DIY stuff. And we had them on the floor, and the person I was seeing spilt their beer all over the records. Oh. <laughs> Most of them were okay. Most yeah. of them. <laughs> uh, that was a pretty insane experience, actually, in retrospect. But anyway, let's move on. Back to Henry Rollins' record collection. Yeah. Um, you don't get invited to his house when you're out there? No. Henry Henry doesn't like me, I don't think. Really? Yeah, like, I've had I've had a couple conversations with him over the years. But, like, I've always been, like, every time I'm like, I don't think that dude likes me very much. You're just like those, the guy in Philly just punching his feet, trying to put cigarettes out on him, and then it just beats well, we, you up. He was there the time we trashed MTV the first time. Yeah. He was like doing the, he was like the pre us trashing MTV interview. Um, and it did lead to one of like, uh, I, I won't, I won't share, but one of my favorite stories I'll tell you guys off air, um, was a direct result of, cause, uh, Steve Lecky from the vile tones was there and, uh, <laughs> uh, they were like, Oh yeah. Well, like, uh, and Ron's like, we really, I really want to meet him. I really want to meet him. And I'm, I'll tell you guys the rest of the story afterwards. He didn't get to meet him. I don't think. Uh, he left. He left as soon as we started playing. Like, I think he saw it and was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> but then he probably still has all of your records. You think? No, I doubt it. I doubt it. He doesn't... 
He doesn't strike he's me. Also as... I think that he said that he buys a record every single day. And he seems like someone who was just up on things. So I, And I bet you he's just like open that door where he bought like, you know, he got your first three and he's like, well, I just got to keep buying them, I guess. And then just stuck with it. Do you have his, uh, do you have his, uh, his like book where he does like the annotated playlists from his radio show? Yeah. I had at least one of them, if not two. Yeah. He played like, I love that book. Like there's some amazing <laughs> stories. That's how I found out about the vile tones and the bad brains and stuff like from that book, like incredible book. He plays Skunk and Nancy a lot. <laughs> like for a band that's not around anymore and hasn't put out a record. And I think it only did like two records, three records maybe. He plays them like it seems like a lot. This is a recent, like when was this published that the list would be in it? Uh, in the 2000s, right? Yeah, it was a while ago. Wow. It was a while ago. So I was going to say that's like, that's some 90s like. Yeah, no, it but was that's... like way after the fact. But that's the thing with Rollins is that he'll talk to you until he's blue in the face about like the genius of the MC5 or the Stooges, but then also do that about like Jane's Addiction, (laughs) which is, which like, you know, tracks for sure. But like, it just seems like the idea that they're going to be no tracks. No, no, no. Are you like Greg Gutfield, Dave? Do you think Red Hot Chili Peppers are better than Jane's Addiction? I, I would if if you had to choose one, I would certainly choose them. Yes. No, that is definitely yeah. a wrong opinion. Yeah. No, up. it's not. No, no. Um, absolutely, without a doubt. Um, without without admitting to any like any quality within the Red Hot Chili Peppers, I would choose them over the addiction. <laughs> An absolute blight on music. <laughs> no, no way. Yeah. I love that yeah. you feel that way, but no way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Cool. <laughs> yeah. But in hindsight, definitely. Uh, I mean, uh, put it this way. In the they, way. S- they actually sound worse than they look. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you are never getting invited on Lollapalooza ever, Dave. No. <laughs> You're never going to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, yep. The New York date, he, Dave can't go. He's like he's barred from like the the podcast talk live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the thing. Chris O'Toole's got like standing at the gate, not allowing him in. Chris Sorry, O'Toole's got some weird bands that he rides and dies for. Like that. I love that. Band. <laughs> Once Legit in a love that band still. <laughs> Red Hot Chili oh, Peppers. Sorry. The first life. The first life of that band. What's that? Sorry. Dude. Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> no, do not love that band. Although I love Frusciante. <laughs> And Flea, of course. But yeah. You just hate Anthony Kiedis, I guess. Yeah. You could probably get like Eric Avery or some like C grade uh, Jane's Addiction member on this podcast. They probably have some hey. cool stories. Oh, thanks, oh, yeah. Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um, no, I've got actually. Get on this? I, I would, uh, if there was like a legit punk connection. I met Perry Farrell one time, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't think there was any punk connection. Yeah, there is. Psycom. I I think you just like silenced the room with that one, Chris. Yeah, I mean they're they're kind of it. Like it's it's adjacent enough at at best. No, just merely hanging out there until something more fabulous could happen. Like nothing. No. I'm sure there are stories, Dave. Is all I'm saying. (laughs) I I I feel like I've I've heard or read interviews with Dave Navarro where he like 
saw punk stuff just by you know being around and being growing up in California. Yeah, like like I'm sure they can you know. I'm sure that like they have stories and they saw cool shit, right? Like, and Perry Farrell must have like he probably saw cool shit. I'm not saying I would ever not want them on the podcast. I was more making yeah, exactly. a, a joke about the C uh, grade podcast uh, level that we were striving for. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking, you know, that Perry Farrell's probably got stuff, whatever he does, and Dave Navarro does Ink Masters and stuff, whatever he does. I think yes. uh, Stephen Perkins or whatever is in garbage. He probably is busy or something. He's in something. So what's Eric Avery do now? He's probably he, tries, you know, he tried out for Metallica in that documentary. He's shown briefly. I can't believe that, you guys see, know every single member of Jane's Addiction's name. Here's the I thing. do, of course. That, I do. That's, that's the way my brain works. Is that oh, I I'm filled with that kind of information. <laughs> <laughs> the most important part of this is just how disgusted is Dave Martin at this moment in time. <laughs> all, all I can say is, uh, you know what? It's, it's we're not talking about Epifat bands for once on this podcast. So let's just keep going. With it. True, true. Uh, uh, actually, we got I got I got an email today that in the new year I want to have a like a I've got some pretty awesome guests coming out for the new year speaking of uh cool people so maybe oh, i should try for perry for all now because i got i mean sure. I, I think eric avery's right for the take <laughs> i don't want fucking go. eric avery <laughs> 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 here's, here's one here's really one for you guys um what's the guy's name from the notebook I'm blanking on it right yeah the actor yeah is it ryan um, gosling, ryan gosling. Yeah. Have you guys that have you guys heard this Ryan Gosling is a punk dude thing? Um is this another like Kanye's punk thing? Well, it might be. <laughs> I don't know. There's like he he definitely has worn some hardcore shirts recently and punk shirts recently, like a black flag shirt. Uh, you know, uh I think you have to everyone who gets dressed by other people automatically out of the mix. Absolutely. But then there's this <laughs> other rumor about him like stage diving at an American Nightmare show or something or moshing at an American Nightmare show in LA I'm trying to remember what that, show you know he, yeah he's got a lot of free time he goes out at night whatever yeah <laughs> you know maybe it was for a role yeah that's what I that's what I said to Tristan when Tristan told me when my brother told me that because Tristan's the one who Tristan like now that Tristan's taken over booking this podcast it's like I have a full time booker for this show like he's always hitting me up, like so and so, they're punk. I'm always like, I don't know how how, and he's like, well, and they'll like have this thing, and I'm like, okay, we'll try, <laughs> sure, like just ask him, <laughs> you know. Um, it's been sidebar for the listeners. Tristan is the best, and as Damien knows, he's the best. No, he, he is absolutely job. no. I, that's what I was going to say. He's killing it right now with booking these guests. Yeah. we've got some, well, we've Brian, got some Brian Gosling's ones. band Dead Man's Bones is apparently on Anti Records. A, you know, a sister label to Epitaph. Ooh. So then, I guess your there's your punk connection. Well, and your label mates with him. I know I'm nice. label mates with him. I actually have a form email that uh, Brett Gerowitz sent to everyone on the label, and it's like, uh, and it's uh, like all these new signees that found out they were signed to the label when J Tree was sold to him. Yeah. Uh, so he sent this email with it's got his number on it. So I'm like, I should just hit him up to ask him to be on this podcast. Of course you yeah. should. Yeah. 
Is, and is, was that email blind CC'd, or do you have all of their email addresses? No, it's totally blind BCC'd. <laughs> I know. I, how else would I be able to get fucking Andy Nelson's email address? I'm dying to get that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you should ask to do like a Hidden World uh, version, Epitaph version, like uh, Feel the Darkness on Epitaph. Like some bizarre thingy. I want to actually. Yeah. Would be legit now, I guess. But I, I want to. I want them to reissue it. With a reissue of Pennywise self-titled, like a double, you know, like in the, <laughs> you know, like in the like '90s when they would do those seat, random two bands on the same CD. You know, like, yeah, that that, that seems like a good idea. When Rhett like a lost that. and found style situation. Yeah, I want to get a platinum record, you know, and I hear like the best way to do it is if Pennywise was sold with a fucked up record in a package. I just want so hold on the self-title though you're referencing by Pennywise you're talking about the the second self-title you're talking about the original one original self-title okay I was gonna say they have two self-titled albums they do only the best bands Dave only the best bands do two self-titled records yeah I would I don't know uh I would would, Rancid Rancid your faves Dave yeah Rancid two self-titled records yeah and as we know, it's the best, uh, what is it, punk record in the last, what was the quote on that one? Best, best punk record ever. <laughs> sorry, yeah, that's sorry. What that's, what, that's, what, that's what Dave. Yeah, using all, all five of his votes on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, uh, like I, and, I, and you know me, I ride and die for Rancid. Like, I definitely, you know, best hardcore record ever. That That's what uh, he that, that was the quote. Either way, it was great. What I love about it is I couldn't disagree more. However, I think it's fantastic <laughs> that that person feels that way. No, I think that's, and I also love that record, but I just don't think it's one of the best. I think it's a great punk record, you know, and I think it's I think it's like, you know, of that era, an amazing album, certainly, you know, but maybe not the best ever. Because <laughs> it's not the best Rancid record ever to me. You know? <laughs> So that would probably take them down as being the best record of all time if it's not even the best by that group. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, the best record of all time. Now that's a hard one. Oh boy. Uh, five number two is Charlie Horse. Okay, we finish it. <laughs> For rancid albums, though, this record doesn't even have that many songs. It's only like uh, 22 songs. No, oh, that's a. Um. <laughs> Wait, which self-title are you looking at? The the, the black one. I don't know. Yeah. The the second one. The second yeah. self-title. It's crazy to think that though that first run of three records, that's three years they did that. Like three years they put out that many songs. Yeah. And like you know, like and I know they're just varying opinions on Rancid. I don't want another fucking James addiction debate starting here. <laughs> but like holy fuck, that for me is a killer run of songs. <clears throat> okay, well no let's move on. Argue that they can write a song, but yes, let's move on. <laughs> Where did we go? What how did we get on this again? Uh, oh, the, the reissuing your record with the bonus record. Self yeah. titled. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Um, okay. Yeah, that probably might, should at least get to a point or two from another podcast episode. Yeah, we should. We should. We're not really doing justice for all these people. Oh, Walter came back. He did. Um, um, did you guys already talk about that though? I'm trying to remember what was in your last no, one. You guys did. No, we we didn't get to. We didn't talk about Jord. We didn't talk about Brendan Kelly. I don't think we talked about Chris Callahan. 
I don't think we talked about the no. Dave Christ episode, which is arguably the most insane Turn It a Punk episode ever. I don't know what the most insane Turn It a Punk episode is. Dude, um, he that episode he said Red things on that Cross. episode that are, uh, that haunt my dreams. Like in a the Red Cross, dude, is the is the most insane one I think ever. That one's me. definitely the, yeah the, um, yeah yeah yeah. Steve McDonald one is is still like you're right, but the Dave Christ one it, when he tells that story about the abusive dude that his mom was sleeping with. Oh yeah, yeah, and then he's like, and then you know, not saying anything happened. Oh yeah, that was that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. like when he told me that we're sitting in this tiny ass hotel room in Japan. So I'm like inches away from him as he's telling me it. I'm just like, holy fuck. Whoa. And then it's like, he is, he is definitely like a hard dude. <laughs> There's yeah. no question about it. Like, uh, and a great wrestler. I've gotten to see him wrestle now in two continents. So yeah, that was a gnarly. A gnarly episode too, because I didn't know a lot of the bands he was talking about. Uh, I, I, I will say that I was listening to the podcast on headphones at an airport and laughed out loud at Tony Rettman's sheer puzzlement of you referencing Social Decay <laughs> and him being like, "Wait, do, do people like that band?" Like, like the, the internal record scratch for him when you brought up Social Decay was I, I thought was so fucking funny. Has there been a podcast ever between two higher people? <laughs> I mean, that's that's. I've never listened to your other podcast to know. <laughs> I, we're not we're not even that stoned on my weed podcast. <laughs> like, I don't know how we both got on the same level of stonedness. Uh, it you know thousands of miles away or hundreds of miles away, I should say, but mm-hmm. we did. We got on that level. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I love Tony, and I thought that was a. a, a Great episode, but him, uh, him just being totally perplexed at, at social decay was <laughs> hilarious to me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there was a, like, and there's there was so much stuff in that episode, just like so many topics that we dove into. Um, I got to get the Stradish book still. Yeah, I, I, I read, I've read it. it on PDF, but I still haven't gotten a physical copy yet. I, I, I yeah same. I I don't know if I pre-ordered it. I definitely ordered it in the mail. Um, Dave, I don't think Dave I Martin, it. are you uh, sorry to cut you off, Dave? Up, Dave Martin, are you upset that he didn't go with your working title of the book? <laughs> uh, of course I am, but I, you know, <laughs> obviously I think Tony knows what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Referencing the Turn of the Punk Live New York. Turn uh, Live in New York. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He, he he also you know maybe those bazillion points uh, dudes know a thing or two as well. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I the other books that are coming out right now is that Freddie Alva book. Have you seen that thing? No, I haven't Urban seen Styles. it yet. Oh my god, that book is like, whew, there's some mind blowing shit. Chris O'Toole, I think there's like you know graffiti stuff and the hardcore stuff. I'm now obsessed with that band Frontline. It looks really cool, but I haven't. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen a lot of it, but it does look cool. I will, and of course, subject matter wise, I'm I'm in all his, the way. But his yeah. episode's pretty awesome. Like he talks about like you know the two the original two singers for Frontline wound up producing for like Brand Nubian and all that sort of like early '90s, yeah. late '80s New York stuff. Yeah, that's cool. 
Um, so like, there's a connection between Brand Nubian and the Chromex because Mackie's the drummer of Frontline, and apparently, like uh, Mackie's like the, a god of graffiti. Like he was like, like a mentor to a bunch of like well-known graffiti artists. Huh. I've never heard that before, but cool. Yeah. You should get Mackie on here. I'd love you to. Definitely should. I would definitely yeah. want to get Mackie on. I gotta. I got. I guess I could hit up John and ask John to put me in touch with him. Uh. Yeah, because I mean, I think Mackie's had a, a great run. He he was in a band with two huge personalities, so he had to. And he, but he always just seems so chill when you see yeah. him out and about. I've only talked to him like once or twice. Like I don't know him, but you know, he was like, I played shows with Splitting Headache. Played with like whatever. Pro Mags it was at that point. I don't know if it was FEK or what it was called, but um, and yeah, and we played with him like twice and he would, you know, remember that we'd played together and, you know, say what's up and whatnot. Yeah, he seemed nice like, enough, dude. we played with him a couple times too and he always, yeah, like you said, AJ too. <laughs> like those guys, both those mm. dudes are like super fun to talk to backstage and, and hang out with and stuff. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to have him on the show. Guy was in Fun Loving Criminals, of course. <laughs> Like, obviously, of all the things to bring up, you know, yeah, that's what he's known for, I'm sure. No, but this book like really puts, you know, him in sort of a historical place in terms of graffiti too, as well as being like this legend and you know hardcore, obviously. But like the stuff he did in graffiti too, and like the stuff he kind of like led to in graffiti, it's hugely important and stuff. That book looks amazing, and then also Matinee, that book that uh, Radio Raheem put out. Yeah. Also cool. Looks I didn't get that book yet. I, I just I had to like pump the brakes on the amount of expensive books I was buying. <laughs> yeah. That deluxe set looks amazing, but that book, like that, like what a that that dude's coming up that episode uh, the with the photographer is like in a couple weeks. <laughs> so I don't want to give uh, too much away, but it's it's uh it's awesome. Like his sort of his story about just kind of like being into like punk. And, and CB's first wave stuff, and then just like kind of like dropping out, but then stumbling upon like this the hardcore matinee scene and just taking photos of like the most legendary people that were just kids at these shows. Mm. Um, it's a cool one, it's a cool one. Uh, but that's we, we're not going to talk about it on this footnotes, I'll save that for another footnotes. <laughs> uh, uh, what else? Um, uh, I if we're going to just talk about other random ones, the, the, the propaganda dude went super deep on cool stuff. Yeah. Regarding like, I, I, I guess, you know, I don't think about propaganda dude just being like, just down in the mid eighties, but you know, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Like it, so. it's, it's awesome. Like to kind of think of them in terms of like, like, you know, like I know, there are detractors for the style of music that they play. And, uh, like, I don't know if they're on <laughs> Dave Martin's most played list. Um, no, but, but, you know, like basically I had, it was like almost all the exact same touchstones. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I thought it would be, I think we're, be we're pretty much about the same age. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and like pretty sure like seeing bands on like the same tours, things like that. Yeah. No, he, he's, uh, and also like this place they were from, like, that's like, you know, at the time, especially for punk, like it was like such a vital punk scene, but also like 
you know, until the Chris Hanna episode with that episode, I think are great to listen to because as Chris talks about it, when the BFGs showed up and were like, here's how you treat Nazis and taught them to stand up to Nazis. Those guys were like, like, you know, like fighting Nazis legit, like the, the whole time in the eighties and stuff. And that band started like 88, I think. 87. Propagandi? Yeah. According to Discogs, 89. 89, but I think it started before that. Like, I think there's tapes even before that first tape on Discogs. Yeah, but I, I guess it makes sense, though. Like, but I guess I probably, probably first heard him in maybe, like, 94. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess I, you wouldn't think that those dudes had already been, like, going to shows 10 years prior to that. But yeah. what, the, what the hell did I know in 94? And it's crazy that they kind of just stumbled upon that sound. Mm-hmm. You know, because they don't strike you as people that would have listened to No Effects. Yeah, but if they're just like trying to play punk, but also we're down with like Iron Maiden and like that kind of the bigger tier, like new wave of British heavy metal sound. Yeah, like then I guess that's what you just end up getting is that type of like what ultimately became West Coast like pop punk is that mix, I guess. And it's funny, there's, like, a bunch of bands, like, if you look, like, globally, I'm sure, like, a lot of them were influenced by No Effects, too, but, like, there was, like, a bunch of bands kind of doing that exact same sound uh, around the world, uh, and and it's, like, it's almost like punk, but all these years later with, uh, I don't know, Epifat punk, or, or like, yeah. whatever that genre could be termed. But there are like a bunch of bands. There's like that band Super Dong from Sweden that's on really fast volume like nine or something. Um, they're they're like doing that same sort of style like, and that's like in '89 as well. You know, Propagandi obviously is doing it up here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's other bands I'm not remembering right now. But Satanic Surfers, Satanic Surfers. But I think they were a little bit later. You're talking, okay, you're talking like earlier, okay, earlier bands, like just like around like the same time period as like No Effects is kind of finding their sound as well. Like these bands were finding their sound, and and so everyone's kind of like stumbling upon this like pop punk meets metal licks kind of hybrid. Yeah, you know the the RKL sound. The RKL <laughs> sound. You're right. I guess RKL's doing <laughs> yeah. it. You're right. Yep. Good call. So it all comes back to Josh but, but, Brolin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good lord. Oh. Let's see. I'm trying to think what, what other episodes have gone in, by. In that episode, he talks also about the BFGs uh, beating up Nazis across uh, Canada. And I honestly think that's like the great movie. It's never been written. Is like a BFG's. Probably some stories in there that are not fil- fit to be told in, on, you know, in any form. But there's probably like some crazy stories that would be amazing to see turned into some sort of a, a documentation of it. Yeah, it'd be like the 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 companion piece to Green Room. Yeah, well, you can follow that. You can kind of follow throughout a couple episodes of Turn Out of Punk these Nazis as they're having their asses kicked across Canada. Like it ends in the Steve McBean one where all of a sudden the Nazis wind up in Victoria and that's where they go to war with blasphemy. But 
it's like the BFGs are kind of like, you know, they pop up in the Winnipeg episode. Like, oh, here they are getting their ass kicked in Winnipeg now. And then it goes right there. I gotta get Steve Goof on this show eventually. Yeah, yeah, get, you, get. Like, he, like he he's around. Do you like you know him? A little bit. We have our moments over the years. We've <laughs> hung out a few times. Uh, so yeah, I gotta I gotta ask him next time I see him uh, because that would be awesome. I think also the uh, the other thing that I got out of that conversation uh, with George was I remember is one of the best fucking opening songs ever. Yeah, NDC's early output is great, and I I don't th- I don't give it enough play. I don't yeah. think. Yeah, I agree. They're like a band that kind of like I don't know. Like I remember, you know, another name that comes up on this show a lot is Simon Harvey. But I remember Simon Harvey saying one time, "There are bands that are like almost ruined by patches." You know, <laughs> you know, like he's not a fan of Krusty's, uh, at, especially at the time. And he would be like, you know, you see these bands and it almost ruins a band. And like, it's true. There's like certain bands that you just assume uh, as a young person are going to sound a certain way or you just like avoid or I don't know why, but you just don't listen to them enough. And MDC seems to be one of them for me. I think MDC for me was ruined by just that they continued. Like if MDC (laughs) were just a one and done kind of band, I think that would be... It'd be way cooler, but I don't know anyone that's like, no man, Smoke Signal's got some tracks. Like, <laughs> I was gonna, just gonna say, I think there's a couple tracks on Smoke Signal. <laughs> I just don't ever hear that come. Like, I don't ever hear anyone defending later MDC. Like, and I, I just feel like you. I just think about flipping through bins and seeing Smoke Signals and This Blood's for You, and just being like, Ugh. but you know, but like the first album and the like, more Dead Cops, which was like what the like the that compilation that had the seven inches and whatnot. Yeah. Like, so if you really just need like, you know, 40 MDC songs all in one spot or whatever it was like, that was like, that was kind of like where I started and ended my MDC collection. I, I still have smoke signals on vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, if you have it already, you know, it's, they're just like, like a dollar. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta at some point just get rid of it though, because there's certain records that I'm just like, why do I, I'm never going to yeah. listen to this. You're never, ever going to listen to it. No. I mean, the only rationale for keeping it is that it's not really worth getting rid of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, unless you, you know, the labor like, to bring it to a store to try and sell it and then to have them yeah. tell me it's worth a quarter. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, I think we're like at a point now when I go to certain record stores, like it's funny when going to like Japan or, you know, looking at stores in New York, even not all of them, but some of them and being like, Oh wow. Stores sell less than discogs. Like they, like they, they go on, it's almost like they go on discogs and go, okay, that's what someone wants for it here. This is like this much less than that. Um, yeah. But here it's not like that. And, and the, well, there's yeah. that, still that one guy in, in Italy trying to sell it for $26. So, have well, at it, sir. Like and, and and these days, the ultimate diss on a record store is, uh, you know, like Discogs prices. Yeah, Discogs prices. Yeah. you know, oh, like why would you even just stay at home? You know. Yeah. 
Well, they just have Discogs prices. And it's and it's funny because like, but I think there's even like there's certain stores that I follow on Instagram in New York specifically or New York area, um, New York Pennsylvania area that uh, <laughs> have just like unbelievable shit constantly coming through there. Yeah, yeah. Almost Ready Records has a top one of mine every day. <laughs> like. It's nuts the shit he's getting in there. Like it's cra- like it, it, he had a psychosurgeon's. That's crazy, but you know, I mean, all these people who had disposable income might be hitting the wall and need to pay some bills, or you know, but then might be prices, transitioning into real life. And yeah, but the prices for some stuff you'd think would be then you know the correlation would be like the price would be falling. But the prices seem to be going upward for almost everything. No, yeah, sure. I mean, no, no. Like, I mean, you know, the further you get away from the source, like, you know, like there, there, more people know about it, and less copies exist uh, in the market. So, of yeah. course, they're going to go up. Yeah. So, okay. So, like, in one week, he had a bullet, like an, a first press bullet. He had uh, that uh, Don Chris LP. He had uh, the Fuck Ups FU82. And there's something else crazy, but I'm not seeing it. Oh, yeah, like all these shit dogs, uh, the shit dogs LPs. But I guess that's not a big record. No, but. Oh, no, I mean, and he had a history got... of cheese. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm glad he's I always on the. Yeah. I would be fucked. <laughs> Are any of them? Is he? They do mail order as well. No, I don't think so. Thank God. And also, I like. I'm not very good at at doing mail order myself, so I would be that would save me too, kind of. Uh. Well, the but thing about mail- the easy part. Yeah, yeah. But having to mail order it, it gives you time to come to your senses that yeah. you probably shouldn't be spending that much money on a. Yeah, like I'm in a store. $400 is like, okay, fuck, I guess I got, yeah, okay, fine. If I'm at home, yeah. $400 is like an unbelievably large sum of money. Like, I, yeah, I, will, I would not part with $400. And especially now, because you could buy, I could go on Discogs right now and spend, like, you know, I buy, like, most of my want list. Like, it's just... yeah. If, if like I, that's why I don't buy records online. I think it's just because it takes all the sport out of it, and also it's just like you'd be fucked. Yeah, where do you stop? Yeah, I'm still like yeah. a store guy. Um, <laughs> you know. Anyway, this is a huge digression. That's <laughs> what uh, What else do we have to talk about? Uh, well, Tony Redman used to have a store. Uh, but, yeah. I know that yeah. store sounds amazing. I went a couple times, but it was it was not convenient to where I lived. He and it was not like in New in New York, so it wasn't. It was in uh, Highland Park, so there was like nothing else you do except go to that store and then leave. Yeah. So it was not like it, like I was going to record shopping all the time at that point. But you could go to New York and hit like four stores. Yeah. Versus just this one with like this crotchety old man who's you know who's, who's like ten years younger than I am now, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, the time. <laughs> yeah, have you ever have you ever heard the uh, the music snob call on uh, on uh, the best show? Oh yeah, 
that's that's yeah. what Tony kind of seems like he was like at that point in his life. But for Molnar her, had issue, had issue with him because Molnar would like try to sell like would like you know go there to like try to like sell records and that was the store where you'd like bring in like a, a you know a fistful of seven inches and he'd be like oh, I'll give you a quarter and he's like a fuck you know like. I think that was Molnar's beef with him, but once again, well, like I don't know if it's cool for me to air beef from like thirty years ago, but like you know, like that, that was Dude, the, the problem. On, on this podcast, yeah. it 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 never uh, it ceases to amaze me how uh, yeah. beefs never seem to die. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Does but, anybody does anybody have a con a podcast called Aged Beef? Oh, that's yeah. There you go. There's your spinoff. <laughs> You'd be able to turn out a punk network. Yeah, I, I mean, which I guess I, we could s- circle back to the Vic Bondi uh, episode then. Yeah, that yeah. that he him him in the effigy. He's not let he's not letting some things go. Well, I he, he, he has some really... some Keith Morrissey qualities to him. <laughs> what what do you mean? I don't know. He just seemed he seemed like that type of intense that Keith Morris seems to bring as well. Yeah, like Oh, I thought you said Morrissey. So I was no, like, no, no, what no, do no, you no. mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just canceled all his shows. Yeah. <laughs> the more you ignore him, the closer you get. I don't know. I think I think I was like surprised at how cool Vic was. Like I just called him up like um, you know, once again it's Tristan and and uh, Alternative Tentacles talking and then they were like, "Do you want to do Vic Bondi?" And I was like, absolutely. And I had no idea what to expect on the phone, right? Because he comes across very intense in American hardcore. Um, but I thought he was super awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, he see, you know, he's obviously he's got a good memory, um, all that sort of stuff. But you know, um, not you know, not letting go of that beef. <laughs> not letting go. Not letting go at all. No. I mean, I you know, I would say he came across better. Then, like, you know, it's not like he threatened to fight Steve Albini again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't Dave, wait. did you see Articles of Faith? Uh, no. No, I did not. Uh, how, like, that? also, that band, like, first 7-inch, good. But that second 7-inch, like, what a jump. Yeah, I mean, was, I mean yeah cool band for sure you know i mean i they're a band that i just feel like yeah i don't hear a ton of people ever talk about them uh, yeah it's like it's weird like the chicago stuff it, it doesn't get as talked about as like boston and new york and even minneapolis you know like that stuff's talked about way more st paul and you know minneapolis stuff because like but like that scene in chicago i think is to me the most fascinating scene in the American underground. Yeah. Really? I mean, yeah. Like I think, <laughs> I think like, I think at that point it's interesting. Like there's like a bunch of really interesting, weird bands, but then in the nineties, what that kind of develops into to me is like, that's amazing. So much cool stuff there in the nineties, like weird stuff too. So I love, you know, I love tracing those roots. So I love how it traces back <laughs> to like bands like the subverts. And I think the subverts are fucking sick too. That seven inch is amazing. I'm, I'm not familiar with it. I, I don't know if I can recall it at the moment. 
See, that's the problem. Chicago, I don't think, had, like... Maybe it just didn't... I guess it did have a label, but, like, it just doesn't seem to have, like, outside of Chicago. Like, within Chicago, these bands are are bigger than Jesus, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but outside, I guess not so much. With, with Articles of Faith, I think my brain is also just kind of... I didn't realize they were as short-lived as they were because that second record came out so much later. Yeah. That I figured they were, you know, I guess that they were only a band for four years. That makes sense that, that you wouldn't have seen them, Dave Martin. Yeah. I, I did not see them, so... Mm-hmm. Did you see the effigies? Because you feel like going to, going to Pittsburgh wouldn't be like a huge jump. Yeah, no, I did not see the effigies. I don't think they ever played Pittsburgh. Just team articles of faith? Just keeping your <laughs> line no, of sand? You're not gonna no, go. no, no. Much bigger effigies fan. Even if it's only three <laughs> records. Mm. You know, like the, the later records are just whatever. You know. Also, at, one point I, at one point I had them all. But, you know. It's not like I'm going to be listening to even like ink. I'm not I'm never going to listen to it. <laughs> um, but do they not tour ever? If they did, I mean, also if they did, I'm sure that I would, I would totally imagine they played Pittsburgh and it was like 25 and over shows. Like, yeah. you, you know, or something. <laughs> you know, just in that way, like, like it would, it would have happened like probably in a, you know a twenty one and over show and it just would have like not been on my radar, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? So it's it's amazing though how that beef like you know in that Dan Vapid episode he kind of talked about how like you could even kind of feel at the time there was like beef between those bands. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I always heard about it. It's just yeah. it, it existed. Whatever, like yeah. you know. So. Yeah, it was the fucked up in Billy Talon of its day. <laughs> <laughs> I say in jest. I say in jest because there's no beef there still. <laughs> we look like assholes. That was like really my takeaway from that situation. We were, we definitely came out losing that beef. They are really nice people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, also the Dan Vapid episode, his brother auditioning for master or death strike before master. Um, and, but then also playing an abomination was like the coolest. Yeah. I, I didn't see that coming out of a, the dude from queers and screeching weasels podcast. Nope. Nor did yeah. I. <laughs> yeah. Nor did I. I was just like, it was kind of like a hail Mary. Cause I'm like, ah, what's the odds that he knew this band? You know? <laughs> And then when he was, yeah, like, you, yeah, I was like, what? that was that was a good pull, and uh, like I wouldn't think to ask that dude about that, and I would definitely wouldn't have thought it would pay off. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I didn't ask him about that I probably should have, but I'm glad I asked him. About. <laughs> <laughs> like my brother's like, do you ask him about uh, Ben Weasel? I'm like, no, it didn't really come up. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I was like oh, okay. Well, what did you talk about? I'm like, uh, like some Chicago metal bands. <laughs> You know. Yeah, but that, that's important. Yeah, Everyone that's likes important that too. That's why this podcast oh, yeah. is the way it is. You know, I wanted to talk to the dude from Screeching Weasel about Los Crudos. You know, that's that's why this podcast is what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you tried to t- you tried to talk Born Again, but so it didn't go anywhere. Didn't go anywhere. I'm like, 
Damn, that split is a, an underrated split record. Not so much for the Born mm-hmm. Against songs, which I don't think are my favorite Born Against songs at all, but the Screeching Weasel songs are fire. Mm-hmm. And just that it exists. And just that it exists. That, that's a good, like, 90s, like, pin right there. I guess it would be, was that 88? Or I guess it was still, I was still no, 90s, No, it's right? definitely 90s. It's like 90s. Yeah, because I guess Born Against started in, like, 90, so. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it has to be. It would be sick if it was, like, Life's Blood in the first Screeching Weasel line. Well, should we wrap it tonight, guys? Yeah, maybe. Well, I, I, I think I, I do need to go. I've got some, yeah. I've got some chauffeuring to do. Apparently, I think I think I need to go too. I think uh, we all need to go. So, yeah. uh, everyone, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, but most of all, uh, guys, thank you for joining us tonight. Um, and Chris, how do they get in touch with us here at the podcast? Uh, it's turned out a punk footnotes at gmail dot com. And uh, do either one of you want to plug your social medias? Uh, I mean, my Instagram is a uh, dog catcher in the rye. <laughs> I love the <Yeah>. new name. <laughs> uh, and Dave, do you want to do a Martin? Uh, you know, you can find me. Uh, it's, it's, you know, figure it out. All right. Yeah. And you can yeah. find me at for Damien. Uh, and, uh, yeah, why not subscribe to this podcast if you want to hear more stuff like this, but, this this team only gets to come together once in a while because of schedules and everything. So really appreciate it, everyone. And uh, we will see you hopefully next week, Chris. Are we going to do one next week? Sure. All right, next week. Yeah, talking. you guys got to get back on track, regular. Yeah, next Stop. week, yeah. Kevin Drew. That's <laughs> nice. It's funny. It's a good one. All right, thank you, everyone. <laughs>